Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Binus, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Amanda English. And I'm a psychiatrist. Amanda is a marriage and family therapist, and we're going to be sharing with you today a very hot, interesting topic, and it is going to be on narcissism. So we're going to be uh, talking about not just the typical aspects of narcissism, but we're also going to bring up some sides of narcissism that you might not be so familiar with. So hold on to your hats. Here we go. (laughs) So Amanda, tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about your experience with uh, narcissism. I mean, is this something that you have encountered in your practice? And uh, what do you typically notice when you... uh, encounter someone with narcissism? Um, Well, just on that note, um, not too many people actually come to therapy when they're narcissistic (laughs) because you'd have to assume you needed help. And that's not a trait of a narcissist. So I don't get to see as many in the practice that I work in now, you know, with you and everything. But um, I used to see it a lot more when I worked with mandated clients because they're the ones that don't want to come see me. They don't need help or they think they don't need help. And so they're the ones because of things that they've done, you know, breaking the law and that sort of thing. They have to come but they'll use all kinds of excuses when they get there. Oh, I meant to do this. This was my goal. I'm, you know, they're just making me look bad and stuff. They're using me as an example to everybody else and stuff, but I didn't do anything that big of a deal or I wanted to be in this situation. This is exactly what I wanted and they're just helping me have a vacation from my job or something. Otherwise, I would have been, you know, not gotten a vacation in a while and this is great. So that's the kind of stuff you see when you get, you know, those typical narcissists. Absolutely. And I've noticed that too mm-hmm. in my own practice that oftentimes the narcissists I encounter are not really uh, seeking help on their own volition, mm-hmm. but they have actually been pressured by family or other people in their lives or even legal circumstances mm-hmm. to seek help. So that being said, what are some of the traits of narcissism that you might notice uh, come up when in a typical narcissistic Mm -hmm. picture that would be red flags for you? Yeah. And I have to say with that, that the other type of narcissist I see is the one that comes to help their family member, like they're in a relationship and, oh, this person needs help and I'm just here to support them and Mm -hmm. everything, but I'm fine. So That's actually one of the traits is this grandiose sort of like, I'm all that and nobody can touch me. I'm at the top of my game. I can't do anything wrong, that sort of thing. Sometimes it's a sense of entitlement or this uh, constant looking for praise and acknowledgement of the accomplishments and things that they've done. Those are some of the main ones that we see. Yeah. I was looking at this earlier today as kind of interesting they they've come up with this narcissistic personality inventory mm-hmm. and there's like these four domains that they talk about and the four do- domains are a sense of power like you know really almost this this unquenchable thirst for mm-hmm. power and i need to be in control and then a second domain is self-admiration really looking at themselves and 
just, you, you know, the typical picture you have is someone that's constantly looking at themselves in the mirror and whatnot, but mm-hmm. it's not just their looks. It's also admiring how smart they are and how mm-hmm. good they are at all these different things and everything. So uh, really believing, you know, this very strong belief that they are amazing um, at everything and not just amazing, but actually a third domain is superior, mm-hmm. you know, superior to other people. And yeah. yeah, there might be some other people that are pretty good at football, but you know, not, not really like any, me. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the fourth domain is a sense of entitlement. Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you know, the rules apply to that guy over there, but not to me. I, you know, I don't really need to play by the rules because mm-hmm. I'm special. Right. Yeah. And if you, if you don't know much about this, if this is kind of a new thing to you, you might actually be really drawn to the person because they're very convincing. They can actually be quite charming and make you believe that you're going to be, you know, riding on their coattails of glory and everything into whatever situation they want to take you into. And you're lucky to be with them. That's, that's right. That actually is a very interesting point because a lot of these people can be really charming and rope people in Mm -hmm. and curiosity question in your experience when what type of people would tend to be attracted to people that have narcissism yeah sometimes you know sometimes it's 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 people who are at the top of their game too Mm. you know it we don't think of it that way sometimes we think of people who are insecure but you can have people on all ends of the spectrum like yeah, I'm at the top of my game and you're at the top of your game and maybe you can help me and that sort of thing. But the other person might have some compassion and some empathy, but they just like where that person's going. But then on the other end of the spectrum, it can be somebody who, you know, they don't feel like they could get to those places or be in that situation without that person. So unbeknownst to them, they're actually feeding the narcissism by like spending time with them and, you know, talking with them and going, wow, you really are great. And wow, thank you so much. Not realizing that there's an ugly side of it too. Yeah. So it it does sound like there's not just one type of personality Mm -hmm. that's going to be attracted to someone with narcissism, but it, it could be someone that's almost like on that same level, but maybe not quite overtly narcissistic Mm -hmm. and then there could be other people that would just like feed that ego of the narcissist yeah they call it narcissistic supply you you just keep feeding it and it just and that's what the narcissist is looking for too people that if you don't give that they you'll you're trash the next minute so you have to be careful what you're doing because the more you feed into that the more they need it and you could get hurt. Absolutely. And that's a really good point. I've realized, and I know we're going to talk a little more about mm-hmm. this later on, but I've realized that people that are in relationships with narcissists, the narcissist has an extremely difficult time letting go of mm-hmm. that person. And it's, it, it, and I think a big part of that is because the narcissist almost feels like I'm entitled, like that person actually belongs to me. I I yeah. own them. And it's more of a sense of like, objectifying people and what can you do for me rather than really truly caring for them. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's important to, to point out that caring for them part, because um, one of the things I didn't see early on when I was 
dealing with narcissists and stuff like that is I didn't recognize there's this there's a side of narcissism where people can go, well, they're so nice to me, though, or or, oh, they make me look good in public. And they think that that's empathy or that's, you know, some kind of compassion or caring. But if it's a true narcissist, they're doing that because if you look good, then they look good. Mm, and you'll mm-hmm. you'll see that because you might look really good in public with them. They'll say, oh, yeah, look at my wife or, oh, yeah, look at my child. Look how great they are. But then when you get home, it's you didn't do this. You didn't do mm-hmm. that. I had to stand up there by myself and do all these things and you didn't do this or you're making me look bad or something like that. But in public, they'll never do yeah. that. It's like a false humility, basically. Yeah, but the person will go, wait, I'm confused. You know, they can't be narcissist because they make me look good, yeah. you know. But it's it, it's never for you. It's always for them. And I remember I worked with somebody who, um, you know, he was in a very, it was a juvenile. And um, I say that because I work with juvenile delinquents. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the PC way to say <laughs> at risk teens. But I remember he kept talking up his mom and I was like, you know, she's kind of in a poverty stricken situation. You know, she doesn't come and visit him. And, you know, she just, she was not mentally well. And I remember thinking, why does he talk her up so much? But he had to, if he, if he said anything true about what his mom's experience was, then he'd have to make himself look bad. Mm. So he had to make this woman who was struggling just in a very bad situation, he had to keep talking her up because that was the only way he could look good. Yeah, and it's so interesting how people that have those traits, they're, they they might actually look like they're building somebody up, but it's really, in the end, it's, it's all about them, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of about the other person. And I yeah. even think about like the football players, and I'm not saying that all football players are narcissistic, but mm-hmm. you know, they'll score a touchdown and then be like, praise God and yeah. all, <laughs> giving glory to God apparently, but really they're wanting to look good and mm-hmm. show like how, yeah. So how much God likes them and gave them <laughs> yes, that touchdown exactly. sort of thing. It's like, wow, you're connected <laughs> to God. You must be really good because he gave you that touchdown. That's sort right. Of thing. It's amazing. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the classic picture of narcissism, but there's also a, another more subtle side of narcissism. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to hear from you. And, 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 and I think we call that usually covert narcissism, right? Yeah. So what is what does that look like? Yeah. So th- the one we've been talking about is considered what we call like overt narcissism. And I always think of that as like just thinking of, of it as over the top. So overt is over the top. Covert is kind of under the radar and stuff. But it still has a lot of the same traits. But instead of being, you know, this great, person, you know, that's constantly complimenting how great and wonderful they are and surrounding themselves with by being charming with people and stuff. They're more of the person who is maybe not so charming. They're sort of down on down on their luck seeming or a victim, but there's a sense of like real resentment and judgment towards the world for their situation. And so they're constantly sabotaging situations for themselves like you know they might say something like oh i could have been better 
if this, this and that had happened or, oh, I could have been, you know, that great businessman or woman or something like that. If only, you know, the pandemic hadn't happened and I lost my job or something. And then they sort of go into this passive aggressive, like if this hadn't happened, oh, these people did this to me sort of thing. Then it it feels real manipulative, though, mm-hmm. because they're they're never willing to actually do something about it. It's almost the the excuses reinforce why I can't get up there and do something. Yeah. And when I'm listening to you describe that, I I mean, it almost sounds like a victim mentality on steroids Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and, and it's almost like it, it, it it sounds like somebody that has the the real potential for Mm -hmm. um, narcissism. And it's almost like they want to be a narcissist if they had Maybe some mm-hmm. of these uh, charming abilities or something like this, but because they are, like you said, down on their luck and they mm-hmm. haven't achieved those things, now that's where the anger and the resentment can can come in, and then they can maybe even like sabotage um, other people's success, and yes. and they they want a lot of t- attention mm-hmm. uh, directed at them because you know it's still at the end of the day it, they want it to be all about them, right? Yeah. And that's the that's the key ingredient in narcissism is it's always about me. It's either me being so great or me being I could have been great if this and this and this had happened. And then they like to even sabotage other people, even the ones close to them. This is one of the differences between the overt and the covert narcissist is the overt narcissist likes to be around people who are doing really well. Because that makes them look good. Mm -hmm. The covert narcissist is going to sabotage everyone around them so they never look better than them. Mm. Like their kid, say it's a parent, their kid tries to go and do something and the kid's looking like they're going to accomplish it. And say it's a mom or a dad and they go, oh, I could have done that too if I if I had all of the privileges that you have going into it. We didn't have that when I was growing up. and so. You almost feel guilty, like, well, maybe I shouldn't do this then because, you know, that's not fair or my parents not going to, you know, like it or something. And they always do this sort of dig at whatever success that you have so that they can continue to reinforce that victim mentality in themselves. Wow. So that's pretty heavy because sometimes Mm -hmm. it's easy to look at those overt and be like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely not that because, Mm -hmm. look, I'm, you know, not all grandiose and all of this, but there's these more subtle end of the spectrum that people might actually be able to fall in, in the trap into mm-hmm. a little bit easier. Uh, how do we know actually, cause there's of course lots of traits that we're talking about, like selfishness and, you know, even depression and, and victim mentality and that sort of thing. How do we know the difference between some of these other disorders or traits mm-hmm. and actually being a narcissist? I think that's really important that we talk about this because sometimes, you know, we're kind of in this catch 22. We live in a world where we love to label people like, oh, they're a narcissist because they did this or something. But sometimes, you know, a little bit of information is dangerous. We want to go, oh, because of this, they must be this. But, you know, people have to have certain traits pervasively. It's not just a well, they're, they tend to be selfish because they like to do this or something. But you really do see some empathy come out in the person. And it's not just to glorify themselves, but you see, you know, maybe they 
you know, you see a moment of like compassion in them mm-hmm. or something like that. And selfishness can be learned. And so sometimes people are in situations where maybe they learn that more so and they can unlearn some of those traits, too. And the same with covert, you know, sometimes people are truly depressed and they've learned that depression. It's not just about manipulating people so they can be a victim. And I think we really have to weigh you know, I don't want to just go and say somebody's narcissist because they have this trait, maybe because they're not pervasively like mm-hmm. that. I just mm-hmm. see it come up quite a bit. And sometimes, you know, if we can justify what we're doing, we'll do it. Even though we're not truly narcissists, we just haven't learned to consider others more and stuff. So, you know, we have to consider like if there's a sense of humility but a true narcissist you will never be able to get them to understand what you're trying to say and and that's why we tell people who Mm -hmm. are dealing with narcissists don't fight with them you're not gonna win yeah but if you find that you try to explain something to someone and they get it or they're struggling with it but you see you know there's like something in them that there's some compassion or some Mm -hmm. empathy, then you know, okay, this isn't a real narcissist. They have some selfish traits or they may be, you know, victimized in their, in their depression or something like that, but they're not a manipulative person. And that's really important. And I think that's a really important distinction. So it's, it's really that pervasive Mm self-centeredness. It's that pervasive ongoing lack of empathy Mm -hmm. it's that ongoing all about me and and the world rotates around me and how can i use other people to get ahead and and that sort of thing and so it it is important because you know certainly all of us have some of these traits from time to time just being human beings right Mm -hmm. and we need to be careful not to just either automatically label ourselves as narcissists or everyone around us. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people kind of fall in that trap too, where they're just like, oh yeah, my husband's a narcissist or my, my wife or, you know, everyone's a narcissist. Now. Yeah. My boss is <laughs> <Exactly>. a narcissist. <laughs> and <laughs> anyone you don't like <laughs> is a narcissist and that's the problem, right? I can just put them out because they're a narcissist. Exactly. I don't have, yeah. And I don't think that's healthy either. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you know, the research does show that over the years, narcissism actually is on the rise. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about why we're getting more narcissism? Is that just because yeah. people are looking for it more? Or do you think that there really is more narcissism in our society? Yeah, I, you know, I hate to, I hate to beat a dead horse, but, you know, sometimes, you know, the media really helps do this. You know, um, you know, I, I was. I was talking to you about that ad I saw when I was driving. I won't say the freeway. (laughs) It might still be up there. But I remember seeing this ad that was talking about, oh, you know, it's not your fault you're in this situation. It's this, you know, inanimate object or this thing that doesn't really have any control over you. It's that fault. You know, it's that um, issue's fault. And so what we're really doing is is actually reinforcing a victim mentality or even, you know, I think I watched the news once and at the end of it, it, they were saying like, yeah, give us your perspective on this, you know, jump online and, and tell us what you think on this issue. And I thought to myself, 
I'm not an expert in that area. Why would you want my opinion? But what we're doing, I think, in society is because we're trying to get people connected. We want them, we want to, you know, sort of pander to their sense of, you know, I deserve this and I have something to say. And so we're really feeding this sort of like egocentric, you know, sense of self that a lot of people maybe don't want to have, but we're, we're feeding it so much that we can't help but see these traits come out more and more. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at the different things that we, we do with media, right? I mean, even look at iPhone, iPad, it's like all <laughs> focused around me, I, right? Yeah. Around me. Yeah. Around I never I. thought of that. That's a good <laughs> yeah. perspective. Yeah. And, and, and it certainly, you know, it's also, you think about like social media, for example, mm-hmm. um, talk about self-admiration, right? (laughs) Or doing selfies Mm -hmm. and posting all these things about myself. And, and then, you know, thinking about like superiority, right? It's like comparing myself with other people on social media and, oh yeah. I have to go on a better vacation. Exactly. You know, and so this sense of competition and entitlement, it's like, yeah, like you said, people just constantly are getting more and more pandered to in, in our society. And like you said, it's, Maybe all the motives aren't wrong, but you can see that these dom- core domains of narcissism mm-hmm. are actually being perpetuated by the the media. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think part of that even started back in the 1960s and 70s where you mm-hmm. had this self-esteem solution. And the more you can uh, focus on feeling better about yourself, the happier you're going to be. But there's and, and it, it's good to have good self-worth. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a darker side to that too. Yeah. And I, th- I, you know, I, ju- I would just challenge our listeners to pay attention to how many times they hear the phrase, you deserve this. Yes. You know, and it's not a need, it's a want. Mm-hmm. And it might even be sabotaging our long-term goals by getting those things or taking those things or consuming those things. But if I keep telling myself I deserve this, I can continue lying to myself that I'm entitled to those things too. That's so true. And I hear that all the time. And sometimes I, I'm even tempted to tell myself, oh, you've worked hard. You you deserve this, <laughs> you know? And and it's true that there there's, there's you know, we, we talk about mm-hmm. people getting reward for working hard and all yeah. that. So it's not all bad, but we just have to be careful not to take it to that extreme, mm-hmm. I think. And that, and that's what we're talking about. That's what narcissism is. It's the extreme. Exactly. So let's say that we've identified some of these red flags in mm-hmm. someone that we know. How do we deal with a narcissist in our lives? And uh, of course, you know, it might be easy if if it's someone just meeting casually. But let's say this this is already somebody that we've kind of, you know, they're they're kind of there to stay in some ways like it's hard to kind of get disentangled from them mm-hmm. how do we deal with that oh man like that's it's such a complicated issue with such a simple answer that it almost seems like what the best thing to do is if you're not in a relationship with this person where you're like committed to that relationship the best thing to do is steer clear as much as possible. Mm. You never want to fight with a narcissist. You will lose every single time and it you'll lose because you get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's not just you'll lose because you didn't have the better argument. You'll lose because they'll be cruel. They'll be hurtful and 
you're not capable of that. So it will really hurt you to the core. Um, If you're in a relationship with somebody like that, again, don't fight them. Um, A narcissist needs to know, especially an overt narcissist needs to know that they're going to get something out of it. So if you want to attempt therapy with them, you know, you might have to say something like, hey, I think, you know, we need to let's improve our relationship or something like that. But very little are you going to actually get something out of them. You're probably better off going to therapy on your own to learn how to you know, maneuver around mm-hmm, the person. Mm-hmm. And if you are with a covert narcissist, the best thing to do is recognize you're not going to get them to not be a victim. Mm-hmm. There is not enough, you know, Florence Nightingale in you to help that person get out of their victim mentality. You will not be the nurse that rescues them. You will not be the savior that saves them. They will always find another reason to be the victim. Yeah. That bottomless pit of need in a way. And so Mm -hmm. just stop trying. I mean, what I'm hearing. Yeah. What I'm hearing is really disengage. Don't try to please them. Don't Mm -hmm. try to get your love needs met by them. And it really is sad, but it's the truth. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the more people try to like fix or try to um, save or try to please actually it becomes it reinforces it it reinforces it and Mm -hmm. so i think having those boundaries are sometimes the only ways um that a narcissist may be even able to recognize but Mm -hmm. that i've i've almost never seen unfortunately which is sad to say and they'll move on to someone else they really that's what's going to happen is they you'll get hurt because they'll say something and then they'll move on to someone else if you refuse to engage with them and they'll just get that their needs we call it needs but it's not actually a need right they'll get that from somebody else and you can pray for that person <laughs> absolutely now before we close uh i just have one last question and that is if we're noticing that maybe we're having some of these narcissistic traits and we don't mm-hmm. want to propagate that or become more narcissistic, what can we do mm-hmm. to actually mitigate those traits? Yeah. If you're noticing, you know, maybe your relationships aren't working because maybe there's a selfishness that is growing or something, or you're, you feel entitled to, you know, be whatever you want to be or do things to people and stuff. One of the best things you can do is, you know, spend time with people who need help themselves, mm. you know, Encourage yourself to recognize like, hey, what I think I need is maybe not a need. It's just a want. And there are plenty of people who are struggling, real people who are struggling, not covert narcissists, but real people who are in a situation and help those people Mm -hmm. find ways that you can, you know, benefit them and then don't post it on social media. <laughs> Good <laughs> don't point. have pictures taken. Don't videotape yourself doing it. But do it from a genuine desire to just feel good for seeing people do better and stuff. And, and you know, I, I think it's a lot of times it's what we don't do that really helps us. And that's 
you know, stay off of social media. Mm -hmm. Don't assume that everybody needs to hear your perspective on something. I guarantee you somebody else has already given your perspective. You mean I'm not an expert on everything? (laughs) Come on, Amanda. (laughs) No, and you do not need to argue with everybody, too, that disagrees with you. But, yeah, if if I had a penny for every time I was about to write something and I didn't, I'd be a very rich woman right now because I've had to stop myself even because it's hard. It's so tempting to want to like convert somebody to your idea when you see, you know, somebody, but recognizing I don't need to be the one to do that. Yeah. It's not, I'm not the end all be all of this thing resolving. And just, I, I, you know, for me as a Christian, I think one of the best ways that I can do that is recognize who I am in relation to who God mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I I don't make my blood flow through my veins. I don't make my chest rise and fall with each breath. That's something that's entirely orchestrated by God. Yeah, having that humble perspective, it mm-hmm. puts things in the right the right the right perspective. So helping others and you know, I think cultivating gratitude can mm-hmm. go so far in helping us to maintain that humility too. Well, thank you so much, our listeners, for uh, being with us today. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Amanda, for sharing your expertise. We have a lot to learn about narcissism, about the red flags in in, uh, other people, but also even in our own lives, and really looking at things that we can do to cultivate a good um, state, a healthy state of humility and healthy relationships of truly Mm -hmm. caring for one another. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com.